0: Well, good day. How you going? Obviously right now I'm not at home. I recorded this uh, earlier this week uh, because we've realized something. We don't actually have to do our sermons inside. You know, the great cathedrals were built uh, in order to display the glory of God. And while we may not have the finances to build a great cathedral in every corner of Tasmania, what we do have is Tasmania. And so for the the coming season, we're going to try and give our messages with Tassie as the backdrop here at our Mornington campus. We've got these beautiful paintings, but no painting can come close to the majestic awe inspiring scenery that many of us just take for granted. And as we step into a new series of sermons, as I spoke to Owen and, and Rodney, We sensed that it might be right for us as uh, churches to be engaging with the book of James. You see, James was written to a bunch of people who were put in a place that they didn't particularly like. They were put in a a place where they were facing restrictions and persecution and, and circumstances not going the way they wanted them to go. We thought that, well... If if, uh, James was writing to people in that sort of circumstance, I wonder if some of that might be relevant to us. And as it turns out, we think it it probably is. You see, we as churches are having to adjust to a new reality. Last year, uh, for us as Citywide Baptist Church, we were given a a verse uh, from Deuteronomy 32.11 that talks about a mother eagle kicking its babies out of the nest and teaching them how to fly. We thought we knew what that verse meant. We thought that God was calling us to move out of our comfort zones. Turns out he was actually calling us to move out of our nest. He is, in my view and our view, wanting the church to learn how to fly in this moment. And and we sense that James, the brother of Jesus, may be a, a helpful flight instructor for us as we work out what does it mean to be the body of Christ in this season. So... As the church has left the building, we're too gonna leave the building and uh, look at the book of James together from different places around the state. Well, we're here at the Waverley Flora Park and the Avenue of Honour that the city of Clarence uses to commemorate people that have had a significant impact on the life of the city of Clarence. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of James uh, and uh, we're gonna start by just getting a bit of a, a sense for who James was. Now, just as we begin this journey, I wanna say for those who've been part of the Citywide Baptist Church uh, journey, we've, we had started a, a sermon series on the whole thing of what it means to be a blessing and to bless. Uh, while the theme for this year for us as a church is still continue, is still what it means to be a blessing and to bless, I think what we'll find is much of the the things we were gonna talk about in that sermon series, the book of James is going to pick up. Just to, to set the scene a little bit, James, as already said, was the, the brother of Jesus, which is and of itself, I think one of the strongest arguments for the authenticity of the Christian faith. You see, I've got two boys. Uh, and you, you, I, I don't know if you can just imagine, if you've ever met brothers, if you can imagine what it would take uh, for one of those brothers to get to a point where his he gets to a point where he says his older brother is he, he is a slave of and that his older brother is God so one of, the, one of the things we know about James is during Jesus lifetime during his ordinary lifetime James didn't necessarily agree with what he was doing in fact we have pictures where his family try and come and Uh, worry about Jesus and pull him away from what he's doing Uh, but we see that in we see recorded in in 1 Corinthians 15 that after his resurrection Jesus turns up and speaks directly to James and there's this complete life change for James who goes on and we see that uh, Paul writes about James along with Peter and John that he becomes one of the pillars of the church one of the real leaders of the church. And one of the things we see with the book of James is he, you can see that he's grown up with Jesus. So much of the way he talks and so much of what he considers important are exactly the same things that Jesus considers important. And you, you, a lot of what he talks about will sound really familiar because he'll be talking about things directly from the Sermon on the Mount. And, and he's also very clearly influenced by Proverbs in the way that Jesus was influenced by Proverbs. So. That's James, the, the brother of Jesus. And, uh, and he starts by saying, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, uh, truly remarkable for a younger brother to be saying that about his uh, older brother. And, uh, and what he means by servant is, is the word doulos. It, it, it means that he has consciously put himself in a place where he, he doesn't have free will. He, fr- he freely chose to let Jesus be the Lord of his life. He is now a servant. And I think that's a pretty countercultural thing to be saying, I think for most of us, to be saying in this moment, one of the things we're finding most difficult is we don't have our free will. But what James is saying, that as a follower of Jesus, what you do is put yourself in a place where Jesus is actually in charge and you're not. So he, that's how he starts his letter. And then he says that the letter... Is addressed to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. This is uh, chapter one, verse one. What's he talking about there? Well, it's clear that uh, James, and in the history of the church, it was clear that James was largely responsible for the church in Jerusalem for the Jewish Christians. And to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, we we understand that uh, the church went through uh, a phase where in order for it to fulfill the story that God had for it, uh, it had to come to terms with uh, persecution. I got this actually from Stephen Baxter. He pointed out there's this incredible promise in Acts 1.8 where Jesus tells the early church, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. But they don't actually do a lot about it until Acts 8.1 where the persecutions start. And in, in Acts 8.1, we actually read that the disciples are spread uh, to uh, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, and they start preaching. And so this is like a letter from James to those people who have been spread by circumstances that weren't part of their own plan. And again, this is partly why we think it's a, it's a really helpful thing for us to be reading the book of James together at the moment, because we are all in circumstances that aren't according to our own plan, aren't we? And so, what is the first thing that James wants to say to us? What does he say to us? He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what has James got to say to us about this whole situation we find ourselves in? Well, the first word he uses is, he uses, is considerate, He'll consider. What he's, what he's assuming is, you can choose how you think about your circumstances. He's saying, you can be full of yourself and frustrated that you're facing trials and things that aren't going the way you want them to go. But he's saying, no, instead consider it pure joy. Now, why would we consider Circumstances that are difficult, pure joy. Well, James has the same answer that Paul does in Romans 5, 3 and 4 and Peter does in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. It's clear for the early church that teaching of, of this, uh, this part of the book of James is a really key one for the early church. Because the, for the first 300 years of the early church's life, they were always facing circumstances that none of them particularly liked. That, that and circumstances were outside their control. I actually think what's happening at the moment for many of us with the whole COVID-19 thing is our bubble is being burst. We, we, there's this myth that we can control our own destinies that we're in charge. And the reality is we're all pretty finite and we're all determined by so many other factors and we're, we're, we're discovering, aren't we, that uh, sometimes things just don't go the way you want them to go. So why does he say we have to, consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters well because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance what's he saying there well the word testing there isn't isn't like a a, is not like an exam Uh, the the Greek word for testing there isn't just to say whether you have faith or not he's not uh, he's not saying God's gonna test you to see whether you've got enough faith well the word there for testing is really means more like when a jeweller heats up uh, gold and all the dirt comes to the surface, it's, it actually means refining. It's a, it's what, that's what the word means, because you know that the refining of your faith produces perseverance. So a big part of what, what God is wanting to build in us at the moment is perseverance. He's wanting to show us how to hang on Why does God want to teach us how to hang on? Well, James says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Do you sometimes feel a bit fragmented? (laughs) Do you sometimes feel like you're not the person you want to be? Well, James says there is good news here. God is at work in and through your circumstances, in and through the trials you're facing to help you become mature and complete. And the word there for mature and complete is the word teleos, which is, it really does mean become the person you were created to be. You need to hear this. God's agenda for you is that you would become freer and freer to become all that you're meant to be. It's also his agenda for the church, that the church would become freer and freer to become all it was meant to be. So what's God up to at the moment? Well, I I have a real sense that God is using the circumstances of this disease and God doesn't create disease. But what he does do is redeem all of the enemy's plans for good. It's the pattern right the way through the Bible. As we see even in the book of Genesis, where uh, I think it was Jacob who said to his brothers, no, it was Joseph who said to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. And I think God is using the the COVID-19 thing to reshape the church and reshape us. And his agenda for you is that you would become mature and less fragmented, less dependent on your circumstances. What that is going to mean is that you need to consider it or think about it differently than how your feeling world would necessarily tell you to think about it. You're going to have to consider it pure joy because you can trust that God's in control. God's got you and God's got us. And he is at work in us to help us fulfill the plans he's always had for us. So I have a real sense. As James is writing to the New Testament church and saying, guys, you know, I know circumstances aren't going the way you want them to go, but you watch, it's going to be okay. I think God would be writing to us right now and saying, and even saying through his servant James, you watch, it's going to be okay. And if you can hang on, and that's what James is saying, just hang on even though things aren't easy, you watch, you are going to become freer and freer to be the person you were created to be. Owen's going to talk a little bit more about this later in our service. Thanks for taking the time. Glad you can hang out with me here at the Waverley Flora Park in uh, Clarence. And uh, I'm looking forward to this adventure as we work out what it means to be followers of Jesus together. Right across the state and uh, with our neighbours and with our families and with our friends. We really are on a pretty significant journey together, aren't we?